This episode of the Fabulous Learning Nerds is sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, win time, activity periods, RTIs, counselor, and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash B to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E. They are the fabulous learning nerds. Because if you're tired of the old ways of getting it done, you've got the fabulous learning nerds. Scott, Dan, and Zeta are making it fun. The best ideas that you've ever heard. So everybody spread the word. They're gonna keep you with turning the fabulous learning nerds. Fabulous learning nerds. Oh yeah! Hey everybody, welcome back to another fantastic episode of your fabulous learning nerds. I'm Scott Trudy, your host, and with me, you love him, Dan Coonrod. Dan the man. Oh yeah. Dan. Scott. What's up, Scott? Happy fall. Like we're right on the cusp of fall. It's great. The weather has cooled down at least one degree. So I'm super happy. Um, and everything's going well. So that is awesome. No big windstorms coming. Knock, knock, knock on wood uh, near me anytime soon. So I'm really happy about that. I know I know we had a hurricane roll up through uh, your neck of the woods. How how are you? How is the house? How are things going there? Um you know, I'm uh, everything is fine. It missed us, which is great. So we got a lot of rain, which we needed, which is fine. But now I have a new house. So I'm like, um, I'm the third little pig who built his house of brick. So I am feeling pretty <laughs> groovy about that. But the, you know, bring it and we're going to be okay. Like everything, we, we, we're, we're solid. We're good. I mean, everything's yeah. fine. So yeah. How are you doing, sir? I think, you know, I'm, I'm fair to Midland. <laughs> fair to Midland. A little bit more on the Midland side than fair, but we copyright that yet? Yeah. Okay, we can make sure you copyright that. You know what else is awesome is our other amazing house. Uh, she's back this week, everybody. You love her, Z Girl Zeta. Zeta. Scott, how you doing? I'm doing great. Drop the awesome on us with something clever and whimsical. Um, let's see. Iteration uh, leads to improved outcomes. Iteration leads to improved outcomes, everybody. That is your Zeta quote for today. All right. That's the podcast. I'm totally, totally <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Dropping the mic there. I need a mic drop drop, so it'll be great. Um, we're certainly glad that you're here. Last week, we couldn't get together because you were um, playing mom, um, house mom to a bunch of teenagers. How'd that go? Oh, went went pretty well. Um, house did not burn down. Great. Super when. Uh, and I got to play some Baldur's Gate 3. So, <gasps> Baldur's Gate 3? <laughs> yeah. Is that new? Scott, yeah. do you have Baldur's oh, yeah. Gate 3? <sighs> no. It, it Send is me so your good. Steam ID. It is so good. Uh, okay. All right. Oh, wow. I don't know what it I'm is a do. trap, though. It is. It is. Uh, I'll never it leave will take my time away from you. I know. 
Do they don't have it on Xbox, do they? No, I think uh, they have they on will PS5. Soon, from what I hear, it's on PS5. It should be on Xbox mm-hmm. pretty soon. It's on PC. Yeah. All right, complete nerd aside, then we're going to get under our topic, I swear to God, but that is my favorite. Uh, roguelikes are my favorite style video game because I don't have to think, really. I just want to go down and kill a lot of stuff and then buy stuff. That's what I like. Grab the loot and buy stuff. Go ahead. Nerdiness. I don't think Boulder's Gate's a okay. roguelike, but I do love roguelikes. Uh, so why is Boulder's, Boulder's Gate, Gate not a roguelike? Well, because you know, like it's an okay. RPG. So nerdy moment. Obviously, this nerdy moment is going to take longer. This is Rogue awesome. Light is one of those things where you play. People are disconnecting right now. Go ahead. Oh no, no, no! Don't like, don't don't done. disconnect. If you're in the audience right now, this may be the most important conversation of your week. I hope not. Well, I'm really getting educated. But All right. uh, so okay, a roguelike is where like you play a character and you probably die. Like you play and your character dies. But they retain some progression. You unlock some things. You do some different things. So the next time you start back at the beginning, you could go a little bit further. That's a mm-hmm. very high level explanation. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but I only know that because I am just a big old giant nerd. Uh, Somebody told me that that was the that Rogue was the original Baldur's Gate dungeon crawl game. So what what is Rogue, so Diablo yes. Baldur's Gate? What is that? It is not. Is it just a dungeon crawl? Yeah, I mean, it's just like an RPG. I mean, like the, I mean, it 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 is. I mean, I don't think Baldur's Gate is technically a dungeon crawl anymore. Like what Diablo One was pretty much a dungeon crawl because that's where you spent most of the game. Oh my god, we're such nerds. It's it's more of a story based RPG. Ooh. Like uh, a good roguelike would be like Hades or Dead Cells or something like that, Hades where you're you're you're, yeah, you're doomed to die over and over. But each time, it's almost like. It, things are a bit modular, a little bit different, a little bit of a mix-up, a little bit of randomosity. Yeah. Uh, um, for what Baldur's Gate 3 has like a set story. So, When I got COVID the first time and I couldn't do anything but sit in bed and play like 20 minutes of games at a time before my brain turned to mush, uh, I was playing a game called Moonlighter, which was a roguelike where you play a shopkeeper who has to delve in the dungeons to get stuff to sell, to return back up to the city, to sell those things for the most amount of profit you can get, and then uh, to buy better weapons and tools to go deeper in the dungeon. And man, oh man, <laughs> that that game got me through COVID just 100%. <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't a fever dream? <laughs> I, I'm pretty certain. I'm pretty certain. I still have my progress saved every time I load. Every time I pass by, I'm like, I could play 30 uh-huh. minutes of Moonlighter. Man, we're going off on a tangent, but I want to... Okay, so I did go and I looked at it. So according to Wikipedia, which is never wrong. Never. Ever. Ever. Never. Subgenre of role-playing computer games traditionally characterized by a dungeon crawl through procedurally generated levels, turn-based gameplay, grid-based movement, and permanent death of the player character. Oh, so you are right. Okay, great. Okay. Sometimes. Don't tell anybody else. Yeah. Don't let it go. It's going to go to his head. Immediately. Yeah, but they do, they do, they do reference um, Diablo as a Oh, yeah. Guy. Yeah. Well, because again, it's procedurally generated. Like every time you dove into the dungeon, it made a new dungeon. Man. Yeah. Almost like if it was computer generated. Almost as if artificial intelligence might have been behind the computer generation of the dungeon, which I kind of doubt because it was way early. But it does help us transition nicely into our topic of the week. 
Hey folks, this week we're talking about AI assisted design, artificial intelligence assisted design, giving your designers superpowers or lots of really groovy weapons um, that make them look cool, right? So, um, you know, the interesting thing, like everybody's been talking about AI for a long time. We had a nice show um, with uh, Mr. Vass from eLearning Brothers not too long ago, and we talked about some of the cool ideas behind it. But what we wanted to do this this episode was really kind of get down into the nitty gritty because I know, well, a lot of us have played with it. And if you're one of those folks that haven't played with it yet, my goal, our goal today is... Um, that you might be inspired to try because it's really not as scary as you might think. So that's a really good place to start. Like, why are people afraid of this? Like Um, iRobot. Like (laughs) iRobot. I I was going to kick right in and say like, there, this is like one of those like sea level changes. I think, Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in my heart of hearts. I have this fear that I'm going to talk about what an important thing AI is and it'll end up being just vaporware. But no, I really do think we're at a place where like the internet was in the middle nineties where it's this huge transformational thing. And we're just on the cusp of it. Computers and the internet changed everything about everybody's jobs. I mean, like take a look at like what we do, like content creators instructional designers learning and development like it has changed so much of how we deliver content and that's just the internet and computers ai is one of those things that i think in five years from now when we're still in that weird clunky stage like we're it's it's gonna be like so integrated with all of our work that we won't know how we got along without it yeah i mean stop me if you didn't have a similar situation. So like chat TTP gets announced. I immediately, because I'm a learning nerd, I go out and I look it up and I find out how to get an account. And I'm like, this is really cool. And I called all of my coworkers together on a little zoom call. And I said, I need to show you something. Cause I had already tested it out and I had it write a video script on some stuff. It's just like here, write this video. And immediately it popped something out in like 30 seconds and their mouths all dropped through the floor. They went, wow, cool. And then never shall we talk about that again, because I know what I know. And that's really different. Like it's super different. Um, and my experience has been like, oh, I'm going to go ahead and play with, like, we're going to talk chat GTP because I just think it's such an entry point. But we, everybody's played with chat GTP. At least I hope you have. If you haven't, please get an account and go play with chat GTP. It's free. You have to, it's free. Yeah, it's for real. And you got to understand some stuff. You got to, you got to learn some things, um, what it's good for, what it's not good for. Um, chat GTP will lie with confidence. It lies with confidence <laughs> all the time. So if you want to b- truly believe that everything that's coming out of it is true, um, make sure you go and, and review that. But that being said, learning how, to, learning how to prompt or how to tell your AI assistant how to do the job that you want is a skill that we're all going to need to know how to do. And the sooner you can get into there, the better you are. Um, do either of you have any tips on prompting? I do, but I wanted to see if you guys did. Uh, you know, I, I tell you uh, what, 
I, I, there's, there's two different ways. Like when I'm prompting and, and, and using it to like help me create, uh, one, I will tell it to take on the role of something mm-hmm. like, Hey, I want you to be, uh, a, a learning and development professional at this kind of business, or, Hey, I want you to be a quality assurance tester. So basically whatever role I want it to do, I tell it, I want you to take on this role, pretend you are this. And that way it'll help like get it in, in the right mindset. I say it in the mm-hmm. right mindset, but it'll help like make sure that it's making the right connections, at least the connections I'm looking for. And I find that that prompt alone has a lot of weight that will like get me like 70% of where I'm going most times. Yeah, you got to you got to supply the context. You can't just plug in make me blah. You have to like set the stage like what Dan said. Um give it context, be precise. The more precise you are, the better the output. The better the input, the better the output. Yeah. And yeah, definitely like fact check whatever comes out. I will say though, that's the problem is that you can just say make me blah and it will try its best. Mm-hmm. And if you're not if you're not like working on that prompt, you're not learning to speak uh generative AI. Uh, you'll you'll get something and you'll be like, ah, oh, yeah, that's no good. That's I don't understand what the big deal is because it'll just generate crap. So the the way that I approach prompts, and it's not mine, but because I had gotten it um, from another podcast, I forget which one. So I, I give them plugs if I could remember. But basically, you're right. Hey, you're a um, um, a learning professional, right? And then you're going to tell it exactly what you want it to do and give it very specific parameters on what you want it to do. Like I want to write, you know, write a 30 second video script on how to sell peanuts from, um, this plant. And then I want, and then, then I also tell it, I give it a sandbox, like, where do I find the information? And if I could supply it, the information, it's even better. So really, really, really good example that I've got of that is the introduction the show notes for our um our podcast so i'm gonna just raise my hand and say i really hate writing them and so when i found out chat gtp and i found out how to how to uh how to prompt i've been having it do it and i'll tell you what like i still need to tweak some of it but oh does it do a fantastic job it does a great job so i'm like you are a marketing professional and i want you to promote this podcast and make it something that people want to listen to and then use the bio from our guests so give them the link to the bio from the guest right so they've got all that information and then use this transcript now just generate a transcript we'll talk about ai for transcripting a little bit right so i i've got the entire show everything we talked about i give it that and I guess, and then give me some tags. I hit enter. And a minute later, nine times out of 10, I'm like 80, 90% there. Some things I got to tweak. Um, and if you don't like it, you can regenerate it. But oh my God, is it so much better than what I could do? And I'm not bad, but it's a thousand percent better than what I could do. Um, and it's done what would have taken me a half hour to do. It's done in a minute. And it's accurate because I told it exactly what to do and where to get it from. So those three things, like, hey, what's your voice? What specifically do you want it to do? And hey, here's the sandbox box I want you to go play in. Like, you're going to get really, really close. And try that. Totally, totally try that. I think that's where a lot of our work is going to come from. You know, if you're going to rely on the AI to be the SME, the subject matter expert in what you're doing, I don't think that you're going to get the kind of results that you're looking for. 
work. But everybody should be trying this and everybody should find a way to, to enhance what they're doing with it and not be afraid of it. I'm telling you straight up, it has made doing the show even more fun. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about that. And like, I think that really piggybacks to like something else we talked about, like in like the pre-show. And that's like these tools take the people who have the skills and give them superpowers. Like if you have like, hey, like I'm a marketing professional and I want to use ChatGPT to like accelerate my workflow, like it can help do like some of the the small drudgery things that might like be in like your wheelhouse and help you like super speed through those. And because you have the skill set, you can look through and be like, oh, nope, ChatGPT is not right there and like make your edits and like and build great and amazing pieces of content like quickly and efficiently. The same thing with instructional design. If somebody's like, hey, I want to build a training that does A, B, and C, and I'm like, okay, great. Like, let me run some like quick objectives by you. Is this what we want to do? Is these are these metrics that we want to move? And they're like, yeah. Like I can I can use that to like go in and like produce like a first draft training plan. Like that's not the end all be all. But like that'll like start helping me like, okay, cool, like this, this, that, and this. Like, oh, I like that idea. Oh, I don't like that idea. Okay, cool. Like this is a good flow. Let me go in and like make some edits and change. And what might have taken me like, you know, a few hours to pull together, depending upon the length of the training, like, you know, I cut that time in half and still come out with like a quality product. You can probably cut that time by more. It's just, you know, where you start cutting corners and how how much you want to let ChatGPT do the writing? Yeah, so that begs a really good question. I mean, so when does you know when does AI end and then we our experience come into play? So where where is that that space? How do we how do we manage that? I work mm-hmm. with uh, instructional designers every week, just in mentoring and training and teaching ID and everything else. And my rule of thumb is, you can either Guide it up front. You can either be like, this is what I need. This is what I want. Here's already my lesson plan. Here's already what I want to build. And then use it to finish. Or you can reverse that. You can be like, hey, help me get started. And then take that and finish it on the back end. You can't let it do both. Like ChatGPT is good for 50% of, of the lift and the load. And but you have to do the other half. That's what I think. That's what I strongly believe. Uh, because if you don't, if you let it, the more you let it do, if you let it get past that 50%, you know, Scott, you said it, it lies with confidence. It talks, it's ChatGPT's native language is this uh, very, I think its voice is like this very helpful and eager to help. That's its natural voice. And if you're not watching for that, it'll work its way into the things you're building. You know, I've I've used it before to like, hey, I, I want to rewrite like this paragraph I just wrote because it's a little clunky. And like, I'll ask it to do that. And it'll be like, absolutely, here you go. And the stuff it spits out is like not in like any voice that I would expect anybody to speak with or with real earnestness or wholesomeness, like some sort of like strange robot, because that's what it is, is like it becomes no, word salad. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And, yeah if, uh, that's if happened you were the same thing to, say to me. Like, hey, I need take this paragraph and rewrite it and then you're able, and then you take that and you're like oh i like that i'm going to reword this i'm going to reword that ooh i like this i like this i like this that i think is like the good mix like we 
that's where it takes those people who already have the skills and knowledge and like again, like we said at the beginning, it gives them superpowers. Like, hey, for every one article I may have might have written, I'm now writing two or three, and they're good, they're quality. As with any tool that can automate stuff, I know we talked about fears, right? And that fear of like, hey, why do we think people are afraid? Like, this definitely has the possibility to like uh, take jobs. That if we don't, if we don't think about it as doing the job, as we think about it as a tool that we give people doing the job, I think that is the healthier and better way to think about it. I don't know if that's where we're gonna go. I have already seen some crazy job articles where it's like, hey, we want you to proofread 10 AI written articles an hour. And it's like, that seems awful. Yeah. Yeah, it does. You know, I, I was at a conference and I was listening to someone talk about this and this whole like, yeah, he's going to take your job. And I don't believe that that's true. Um, I, I do believe that someone that knows how to leverage AI to make better content could potentially take your job. Right. So I think that that's a difference. Right. So we, it's one of the things that we in the learning professional space need to be aware of is like we're on the cutting edge of all of this and we're, you know, embracing it. Um, and and being at the forefront of it is really, really important because traditionally in the learning space, that's that's a place where we usually fall behind. Right. Everybody else kind of jumps on and takes hold of stuff and, you know, we tend to fall behind. And I think this is a brave new frontier that we have the opportunity to go ahead and, and embrace to make better stuff. And to really, I don't want to, how dare I say, like it allows me to spend more time on the things that are really important, right? The thought leadership around learning, the thought leadership around how do I create an environment where my people can actually be better when it's done. Um, those are the things that I want to be spending more time on. Um, the evaluation around what I'm doing and, and the effectiveness of what I'm doing. Those are the things where we earn our seats at the table. Um, the packaging and the prettiness of what we do um, can be enhanced and sped up quite dramatically with new tools. Um, and dare I say, I mean, you could take someone that doesn't understand how to do a lot of the stuff that we kind of all have learned how to do, rapidly train them how to do that, right? So how do we take the unskilled designer, that new person that's coming in, and make them um, awesome by leveraging AI? You know, Scott, I, I, I do want to talk about that, but I want to touch on something you said that I think is a, a, a way of looking at this generative AI craze we're in and the fears around it in a, in a way I haven't heard other people say, and I just want to call it out because I think it's super insightful. You said chat GPT isn't going to take your job, but somebody using it will. And I think that is the, the truth. And I think that's like, I think there's a lot of fear around that, but that's like why, you know, as as thought leaders, as people in like the learning development space, we have to be pushing that that bleeding edge and not rest on our laurels. We have to like be pushing to see what the next great thing is, not just for us and not just for like 
you know, a 5%, you know, bump in some service or metric or KPI, but because like, Hey, like there are people out there who are depending upon us to help them be better prepared for the jobs and roles that they're taking in the works, like workplace in education all over and being on the forefront of that helps us better serve them. Uh, I I would want to touch base because as soon as you said that, I was like, Oh wow, that was great. Yeah. And then I was like, and Scott yeah. said it too. Wow. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? No, but, but for real, it's like giving people superpowers. And if you give one person like, you know, the ability like Quicksilver or the Flash, he can do the work of many, right? With, with the tools, yeah. right? Yeah, for sure. And we're not, to- I love that you said, well, that is true. And hey, listen, we're not trying to scare anybody. Like, I'm not trying to scare you. Um, but these are the tools and the modalities that I think we all have to get used to. So let's talk a little bit about upskilling the unskilled, right? So, Hey, I'm a new L and D person and you know, how do, how do I get better and how can AI help me get better? So I just something to think about. AI could be a force multiplier. If you have one person at the head of a team that's got clear vision and has the knowledge and and background to look through and the time to review the things getting made. You can bring on people, maybe with some less skill, maybe people who you'd want to take a chance on. And in a perfect world, you can bring on the right people rather than the right skill sets because AI can help fill in those gaps and help get those people up to a cruising altitude faster. As, as as a leader, as somebody who has led people, like being able to like look at a group of people and say, hey, I want to build this training. I want it to look like this. I'm going to build the outline. I want you guys to begin using ChatGPT to fill in some of the holes, to check the flow, to begin to build what the course will say and what it will and what it will look like. And whereas originally that might have taken like, hey, like I'm going to divide this up between two or three different teams and those teams are made up of four or five people each. Now that's like one team of like four or five people Uh, rather than like send something off to like my, you know, my graphic design team. I might just ask somebody with like um, with. And an art generator, like, hey, can you can you gen a photo of this for me real quick? And like maybe gen like four or five so I can have one to pick from that I feel will fit here. Instead of like having a team of like copy editors and like to like go through and check, I might just say, like, hey, can you generate this three or four times and assemble from those options, like which you think is the best flow, and send that back to me for review? Like that's like here are people who might not have the the skills but as long as you've got somebody who's willing to balance the plates and to like check the work and offer guidance yeah back to what i said it's a force multiplier i think like that 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 scenario where you've got skilled leaders at the head of projects you can have the right people not the right skill sets so if you don't have the skill set, you might have the right vision, right? Yeah. You can have them fill that niche. That's 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 great. Mm-hmm. 
So I want to kind of wrap things up today by taking a look at some tools, like some real live tools that that use AI that can help us out that we can play with today, right? So we already talked about ChatGTP that gets enough um, press as it is. Go play with it. Like, and I gave you a quick, uh, quick, you know, advice on how to write a decent prop. Go, go play with it. Give it a sandbox. Do some stuff with it. What's another tool that um, that we can talk about that's using uh, AI that can help our designers out? Well, I think just I think it's a tool people have already used and they just didn't know it yet. Um, if you've ever gone to a website and looked for content, and it's maybe like written in I don't know Japanese or German, you're like, oh. And it goes, hey, would you like to see this in English? And you click that button. You're using Google Translate. That's AI. That's machine learning. I think that's pretty cool. And, and how does that help? Well, if you can take that one content, put it through Google Translate, I think Google Translate can translate like over 100 different languages. And so there's your accessibility. That's a tool that you can like connect the world. We talked about how the internet connects people. If we can break down that language barrier, we can talk to everybody. I think that's pretty empowering. Yeah, and, and when you think about um, just you know making sure that we've got multilingual content, it's a great place to start. I'm not I'm not saying it's the end all be all, but it's an awesome place to start. But I'm telling you straight up, there are people all over the world that I'm having conversations with that I would never. I've been able to have conversations with them before because now we've got the, well, I hate to say it, we've got Google Translate. It's the babblefish, man. It's the <laughs> babblefish. If you ever read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, right? It's translating everything. It's allowing us to come closer and, ha- and have dialogue. What's another tool we could start using today from an AI perspective that can really help us add value? I recently, while working on a project, and after after asking to make sure it was all right, I was like, hey, like, I need a picture of this. And it was a pretty specific picture of of some workers in hard hats and one of and they needed to be a certain color and they needed to be doing a certain thing. And like I, you know, I hit like the places where I can find art, where I could find like this picture, and I couldn't find anything just right. I probably spent about like longer than I should have, honestly goodness, probably like an hour trying to find like the right picture across like a bevy of different services. And finally I was just like, I'm just going to go to mid journey. I'm going to generate it. And so like that took me probably about 25 minutes to generate exactly the picture I needed. Uh, There was one mistake in the photo. So I popped it over the Photoshop and I cleaned it up. That was amazing. I know there's a lot of, of photo holding houses now. Uh, I think Getty has been in the news uh, that are are nervous and rightfully so, you know, uh, licensing a photo, grabbing it or grabbing it from a service to drop into a deck and licensing it is is awesome. But man, Midjourney's gotten so good at making like photo, like photo realistic images that um, I'm using it more and more. So listen, I have to ask this question because I'm still a neophyte when it comes to MidJourney. I can't just go to midjourney.com and start generating images. What do I need to do? What are the steps that I need to do to oh, play around so, in this Oh, so I mean like phase? so you will you will actually go to midjourney.com or I have to check their link. We'll put, can we put that in the show notes? 
Of course, I'll have uh, ChatGTP do that for us. Not a problem. Yeah. Uh, so, but like you, you do need to go there first because you need to sign up for the service. It's not free. And so you, but then you'll get a link to Discord, which is a chat service, uh, which again is a super awesome. I love I love Discord so much. Uh, and from there, you'll basically they've got a server set up where you can go and generate art with everybody else, or you can take their bot, their mid journey bot and drop it in a server or just chat with it directly and ask it to make images. That being said, uh, for most of the plans, anything you generate is available if people know your profile name and they can search for it through MidJourney. So if you do want to make private pictures, those plans are a little bit more pricey. I think they start at like 50 bucks an, uh, a month for a pretty, a pretty large amount of generated photos. You know, right now, you can't copyright anything you make, which is good and bad. Uh, for businesses who don't want to worry about like, oops, we accidentally used a copyrighted picture, boom, you're off to the races. It's great. Especially if you're just using it internally. Like, yep, this came from uh, an AI-generated service. It's not copyrighted and it's not copyrightable. Anybody can use it for anything. You can't sell it. You know, You could sell it, but you can't sell it and or sell the copyright or the rights to it. Different services have different rules, so you'll want to check out like their terms of, of and conditions, their uh, their devil's bargain, so to speak. Uh, but right now in the United States, nope. If it's been generated by AI, AI art, unless you make big changes to the image after the effect, it's nobody's and everybody's all at the same time. I love Dan's idea. Go to go to Mid Journey. That seems to be the um, Cadillac of um, of um, image creation and, and play with that. I think there's a free one to play with. Zeta, have you used it? What's it called again? Uh, Leonardo. Leonardo AI. Okay. You can use. Um, also, if you're really nerdy, Stable Diffusion, if you want to set it up gotcha. and have the uh, GPU. Yeah. I, I will say, I do have my own instance of uh, Stable Diffusion <laughs> uh, running on a Mac that uh took a long time to set up and is not for the faint-hearted uh but once you get it up and running it is a slog (laughs) yeah once you get up and running it's awesome to be able to just be like okay cool i'm running this at home and i don't it's not shared with anybody it's on my own home computer same thing there are several large language models that you can run at home Uh, again none of those are easy to set up but right now all of the llms there's there's a there's a fancy set large of language model. Yeah, there you all go. Of the large language <laughs> models right now, like they have like they cost money or or they have like usage limits. And so being able if you have a good enough computer, being able to run one from home, like super awesome. I guess the last thing I'd talk about is transcripting. There's two tools that actually there's a whole bunch for transcripting. I think transcripting <laughs> is a great place to start. Um Descript um, is one that I use um, a lot. Just upload a, a WAV file or MP3 file, and it'll do a pretty decent job of decoding it. Um, the groovy thing with um, Descript, though, is it not only allows you to transcript, but it it actually allows you to do editing via the transcript, which is super awesome. Um, you can actually take, say, our show, which I don't do, but we can take our show, throw it up into Descript. It'll translate it for you, go through it, change some stuff. But I can actually take out uh, parts of 
that audio recording on Descript, um, just like I would in any, in any audio kind of program, it'll take care of that. And after a while, I can actually teach Descript what I sound like, and I can uh, I can deep fake uh, myself and uh, have it say things I never said. Or change a word here or two, which is really kind of scary. But you could do that with Descript. Dan, you've de- used Descript, haven't you not? Yeah, there you go. I have used Descript. And like, listen, like, uh, for a while, it was like the best show in town. We record all of our shows on Riverside FM. And I'm super happy with it. I tell people about it all the time. You can do lots of really great stuff. I will say the AI that you they use for uh, transcript generation is phenomenal. I like it a lot because it'll actually separate all the speakers. So all of us are speaking on separate tracks, which is great because I can go ahead and edit out things. Like if my dogs start barking, I can edit that out. You guys would never know, which is fantastic. <laughs> but when it takes it takes those separate tracks and actually creates a transcriptive and it'll label each one of us, it, which is super awesome from a transcripting perspective. So Riverside is really great with that. And um, Adobe, for those of us using Premiere Pro, they just launched their AI transcripting service. And that is unbelievably great because you can take a, you can you generate a transcript in a video that you made and then, oh my goodness, let's add some titles, right? Automatically generate some titles from a transcript from a video in a matter of what would normally take, again, leveraging AI for superpowers. Normally that would take me and video editor hours to do. Um, it'll do it in a matter of minutes. Um, which is super great. Anything we're missing? Well, that we might want to toss out there. Man, there's so many. I, I was just looking. Yeah, Google's own platform right now, Bard, I think is available to everybody to experiment and use. It's another large language model. I, I think Meta has Llama that they've they've shared and made open source. Like we are on the cusp of of the future. I mean, that's every day. Everybody's always on the cusp of the future. So, but more importantly, I think we're on the cusp of something that's going to change how we interact with the world. And it's going to give everybody the tools to be content creators and storytellers. And that's what I'm super excited for. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) (laughs) oh no. (laughs) <laughs> That's right, everybody. So uh, go ahead and play around with uh, some AI. <laughs> the machines are coming. There. No, no, I think it's fantastic. Um, Your training decks. Give them to me. <laughs> I'll be back. Um, fantastic. Hey, daniel son. Yes, Scott. Could you do us a favor? Could you let our audience know how they could connect with us? Absolutely. All right, party people. If you haven't already, email us at nerds at thelearningnerds.com. Email us any questions you may have, join in the conversation. We would love to know what AI tools you are using right now and what you're using them to do. Literally in the pre-show, I was looking up AI tools and I literally got lost because there's like hundreds of them now because everybody is on the AI bandwagon and now so are we. Uh, If you're on Facebook, you can find us at Learning Nerds. For all of our Instagram peeps, Fab Learning Nerds. And lastly, for more information about us, what we do, and big updates, www.thelearningnerds.com. Scott. 
Thanks, Dan. Hey, everybody, if you could do me a favor, please hit that like button. Please hit that subscribe button and share. Do share it. this episode with your friends. Do it. Do it now. Do it and now. Get to the chopper. <laughs> share this episode. Also, if you could do us another big favor, leave us a review on either on Spotify, iTunes, wherever it really helps us. Leverage that AI, leverage that algorithm to get more people to um, participate uh, in the groovy stuff that we're going to be sharing that out with you. With that, I'm Scott. I'm Dan. And I'm Zeta. And we're your fabulous learning nerds, and we are out. I'll be back. Thanks for listening to the Fabulous Learning Nerds. You know, there are a lot of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention. Meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment of offerings. If you're if you're thinking of giving it a try, if you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE.